0: You're listening to episode three of Brave Bossa Podcast on season five. I'm really excited for today's episode because we're having our first communication expert on, believe it or not, and we're talking all about how to get the right message across to you, both in business and your personal life. So let's dig in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss the podcast. I'm your host Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the sustainable fashion brand Encircled, and host of this podcast. I am very excited to be back with you on season five and share with you amazing guests, including today's guests, which I will get into very shortly. But before I do, at air date, we are a few days from Black Friday, so. Hopefully you are gearing up for the biggest retail weekend of the year. And if you're not participating, I really encourage you to participate. I know this is a hot topic for a lot of brands who feel like they don't want to be pushy and pushing consumption and be promotional on Black Friday, but there's ways to participate that feel good for you and they're where you don't have to give away discounts. So if you haven't already, check out my Black Friday Cyber Monday workshop. It's a couple hours. You can binge it on the weekend And set up a really quick turnkey Black Friday marketing plan to make November and better than it started, because this is a rough month for a lot of e commerce brands. And I'm with you on that one. All right. So, before I get into introducing our guest, I just want to talk a little bit about why I have her on the show. So, one of the things that I talk about a lot is coaching conversations in HR. So, interestingly, You know, nobody ever really teaches that. I took HR in school and actually, I didn't major in it, let's be clear, clearly, but I took an HR class, I should say. I took business at school, but in undergrad, and I took an HR class in undergrad, and literally the whole class was regulations and ergonomics. Ergonomics, for those of you that don't know, is proper desk setup and regulations. It had nothing to do with how to hire, recruit, retain cultivate coach train employees nothing none of that nobody teaches that even in my mba never taught that that is just something you pick up on the job from working you learn from somebody else or potentially you hire a trainer or a coach or maybe now there are courses on it i'm not sure but i know when i first started in circled i did not have that training so when i hired my first employee in i think it was 2015 I was like, how do you manage employees? And that was like one of the big reasons why I waited so long to hire an employee, to be honest, was because I was like, I literally don't even know how to manage them. How do I pay them? How do I have conversations with them? How do I tell them what to work on? So nothing will ever trigger you more than having employees. I will say that. And I say that with love because I really like my team, but people are people and nothing comes up more emotionally than I would say than managing people because people have their own stuff going on especially during the pandemic I would say HR has been a hot topic with every entrepreneur I know because there's just so much going on in people's personal lives that's out of their control so work becomes a much more focal point in the conversation in the day and things that may be small previously are now big huge issues So one way we can kind of combat that is obviously through hiring the right people and implementing processes around that. And I'm happy to talk more about that on a different episode, but it's also having difficult conversations and doing them with ease. And that is hard. That is really, really hard. So I work really well when I have frameworks for things. So that's why I wanted to have today's guest on because she has a relationship management protocol that helps you communicate and have those tough conversations with people, whether it's a team member or somebody in your life or your hairstylist, doesn't matter. You can apply it anywhere. So, let's get into it and talk about today's guest. So, today's guest, her name is Deborah Roberts. She is the author of the book, The Relationship Protocol. She's a licensed social worker and she helps savvy business people navigate important conversations. She's an author, conversation expert, public speaker, and developer of the Relationship Protocol communication model. This practical approach to communication revolutionizes how we work together, and it is the core for how she coaches people to work better as a team. She's also a columnist for Inc.com, Business Insider, and been featured on multiple media platforms, including the New York Times. Amazing. So excited to have this conversation with Deborah. All right, I'm excited to introduce today's expert to the show. Please join me in welcoming Deborah Roberts. She is a author, conversation expert, public speaker and developer of the Relationship Protocol communication model. Welcome Deborah to Brave and Boss. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Christy.
0: I am so excited to finally have you on the show after a few reschedules on my part. Apologies again about that, but we're happy to have you on here cuz this is the first time we've had somebody come on and speak about Relationships in communication. And like we were talking about in the pre interview, it's a really core part of business and life. Like relationships are everywhere. So let's start off with maybe a brief intro for those of our listeners who haven't met you or interacted with you. Who are you? What do you do? And what's your why?
1: Sure. So, hello, everybody. I am Deborah Roberts. I am a conversation expert. I created a communication model through my decades of experience, clinical experience, working with trauma and business consulting. And my model is called the Relationship Protocol Communication Model. It applies to communication from the boardroom and businesses to conversations across the kitchen table. Because as you mentioned, Christy, communication and relationships are universal. So whatever I talk about as it relates to business, Everybody can turn around and use it in their personal relationships as well. Why I do what I do. I've grown to be on a mission to try and make the world a more peaceful place. And as corny as that may sound, I think that what I've learned through my work is that communication shapes our relationships. And if we all knew how to be a little kinder and how to resolve conflicts quickly, deal with people who, you know, with whom we disagree in a better way, I think there would be a lot more open communication and less stress all around. So I'm really trying to get this model out in the world and reach more people, get more visibility so that everybody can feel that they can communicate with you.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting to me how communication (laughs) is like one of those core life and business skills. And they don't really teach it in school. It seems to be like a learned skill that a lot of us have had to acquire through, whether it was our first job or through coaches and mentors and stuff like that. But I definitely think there's a lot here that I want to unpack. And I know that we're going to delve into some on the spot examples and get your point of view on those. But firstly, I just want to talk a little bit about what you've developed, the relationship protocol communication model, which is a mouthful, but I nailed it. I think (laughs) So tell me what this is and what kind of relationships can we apply this to?
1: Okay. I must also rubber stamp what you just said. We are not taught how to communicate in schools. Most people didn't have proper or positive communication modeled in their homes growing up. And where are you supposed to know and learn this? So that's one of the reasons I've been getting out here talking about this. And with my model, what it offers are actionable, which I know you love, actionable items that are practical. And it gives you a perspective for understanding what is required to have a good relationship and also tools, specific how-to tools for how to have the conversations, how to resolve conflicts, bring up topics, build trust. And all of it applies to all relationships, whether it's your neighbor, your spouse, or your coworker.
0: So tell me a little bit more about this protocol and like, what are some of the key steps to breaking down communication?
1: Sure. So there are two key elements and those are critical for all healthy relationships. And if you think about a relationship that you're in now that goes easily, it, it could even be a friend or someone that you're romantically involved in, or even again, someone at work where it's an easy back and forth. You have each other's backs. You don't even have to talk about it. You care about each other. That means that you have the two key elements naturally because they naturally exist in our healthy relationships. When there are questions about the relationship or you don't know someone that well, you grow into it. So the two key elements are commitment, which means that the person has both feet in, and the other is shifting your thinking. To being more relational that it's about both of us and how we both feel during this interaction on this job or in this relationship matters to both of us so the key elements give you a perspective for having a healthy relationship and then there are four steps and the four steps are they explain how to have the conversations part of step one is to initiate a conversation step two is about kindness Step three is about owning your part so you can start diffusing a conflict. And step four has to do with benefit of the doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you brought up such a good point there. It's like some relationships, you naturally have the ability to just communicate in the same way. And I'm sure many of us feel this with like our friendships, like you can just say anything to your friends, they just get it and you kind of vibe off of each other. But when you try and apply that kind of same Thinking to like a business relationship or a colleague or an employee, you have to remember that they don't come from the same place as you. You don't have that kind of relationship. So, that's even itself such a great tip to think about that you have to be really intentional. I think it sounds like with your communication, because your things that you say may not land in the same way that they would with your friends or family or somebody you're really close with. So, I think it would be really great to take this process and just walk through maybe some examples. And then we can go through your kind of four steps and you can kind of maybe give some examples of what you would do. So I'm just going to make up some scenarios off the top of my head, just based on some business stuff. Personally, I've been through and I know it's from our Facebook group as well. So the first one I'm going to give you, what would you say? Oftentimes a lot of our listeners engage with like freelancers, like a graphic designer or something like that to work on a project and graphic designers are very creative. And we would give them like a brief, for example, of what we would want them to design. And maybe they come back the first round and it's completely off base. It's like not even close. It's ugly. It's not on brand. It is like really just not delivering. How do you approach that conversation without like offending that person and giving like feedback in a way that really honors the work and effort that they put into creating that, but also acknowledging that
1: it's not where you want that to be? Let me tell you what a great question that is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very common scenario. (laughs) But even if you took out the, the facts and you just applied it to having a difficult conversation or bringing up something that's uncomfortable to talk about, you can apply what my answer to all different scenarios. Do you know what I mean? Like being able to say something to someone where you don't want to hurt their feelings, you have to figure out how to bring something up Someone gave me a scenario recently of a couple going to dinner at his in-law's house and he's not eating meat anymore and they keep serving him meat and he doesn't know how to tell them. Oh my gosh, he's coming to everybody else. But I mean, it's even that type of thing. So how you have these kinds of conversations is you always start in that circumstance with the positives. You appreciate their effort. You appreciate their talent, their ability, their timeliness, whatever it is that's genuine on your part. Because the way that we engage with someone when we are communicating with them, particularly, I mean, in general, but particularly if you're going to say something that is potentially challenging or might be hurtful to them, start by expressing something positive and appreciating what they've done. In this case, I would probably start by saying, thank you so much for submitting this end result. We appreciate the design that you did. I understand where you were going with this. however." And then I would state a fact, for what I was looking for, this is too modern, or it's too broad. and what we would like to see happen is X, y, and Z. about that.
0: Yeah, that's so simple, but like <laughs> I find like these kinds of frameworks just so helpful because I think a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs, we're used to being very direct, and I know personally I've gotten some feedback before that I can be too direct. And that hurts people's feelings. So I'm always trying to find that balance between giving feedback, but like giving it in a way where it's like not just constructive, but kind. And I think tone also plays a big role in this as well. And I'd be curious to hear your feedback on tone because I think in today's world, especially... People aren't necessarily giving this feedback by phone or in person. They're giving it over maybe a video call, maybe in an email or a Slack message. Like, are there any tips around how you can phrase things like to avoid like freaking people out when you're communicating through things where you can't exactly get the intonation of somebody's voice?
1: So, if you're asking me about how do you do it through like written communication yeah. and things like that, a big thing that I will offer, just as a side note, if you're on the receiving end, of- of a message and whether it's an email or a text, whatever it is, and you're having a strong reaction to it and you're all set to fire back, do not do that. (laughs) I caution you, give the person the benefit of the doubt that perhaps you're misinterpreting it and they perhaps didn't mean it the way that you took it. It's a great piece of advice. So I, I sort of did the back end of that first. If you're the person sending a message a good way to do it is to almost over-communicate rather than use abbreviated brief words. I would say, this is what I'm looking to accomplish, and I hope you understand. If there's any questions about this, let me know. But being really clear that this may sound more serious than it is if you're going to say something that you know might be misinterpreted or I don't know if you're into emojis or if it's appropriate to add a a smile face after something that lets them know that you're not meaning it as serious as they might be taking it. Mm
0: -hmm. That's such a good point for the receiving end of some of these things, because I think that's very common. I often see these TikToks where they're like, my boss sent me a message without like a smiley face at the end of it. I think I'm getting fired. (laughs) Like, And so I feel like Uh there's definitely a generational thing there you have to be cognizant of how people take things in and then also check yourself on taking things in and not taking things personally that aren't intended to be. But for sure, I've definitely sent Slack messages where, you know, even senior people in the company have said to me, you know, I thought you were really upset. And I was like, no, I was just giving feedback. Like, I just think better. I think better in like sentences. So I tend to write like a bunch of messages, like short messages in a row. And they're Mm -hmm. like, whoa, I thought you were like blasting me. And I was like, no, that's just how my brain works. Like, um, so I think sometimes, like again, that just speaks to like really like framing up the conversation too. Saying like these are just some things that are on my mind, or like you said, like this isn't this serious, but I just wanted to let you know. Like, I love that idea of building a setup into the conversation to kind of help it land a little bit better with people. So I think that's a great tip as well.
1: Yeah, it's important too because so much of our communication, so much of who we're communicating with, we don't always know them that well.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: they make assumptions about what we mean. And had that person or your boss not said to you, wow, we thought you were upset with us, that they're walking around with that presumption about Mm -hmm. what you meant. And I think that's important that we be clear in our communication and even check in. I wanna make sure that this landed properly, that Mm -hmm. you heard me the way I intended. Or by the way, pick up the phone. Let people hear your voice, even during Zoom meetings or online meetings. We don't see, we miss cues, and a lot of things get misinterpreted.
0: Yeah, that's so. It's so fascinating because, like, my other business is an e-commerce business, and pre-pandemic, we used a lot of digital communication tools because we were all e-commerce, like cloud-based. So we would have people in the office Slack messaging each other who are across the table from each other. And they're like, have you gotten this and this done? And they're like, no, Deborah hasn't responded yet. And I'm like, she's right across the table from (laughs) you. Why don't you just ask her? (laughs) She hasn't responded to my Slack message yet. So it's like, whoa, okay. Sometimes I think we use those communication tools almost as a crutch for like putting something out there where sometimes it's harder and more uncomfortable for us to have a phone conversation, especially for those of us who didn't grow up kind of using the phone as a primary communication method in fairness. It feels uncomfortable, but it's often a really good way to avoid misunderstandings, I think, too, and just get to the point. I want to flip over and talk a little bit about teams because I know that's something that you work on with the communication protocol as well. And it's something I've seen personally with like HR and our listeners are just building small teams right now, or maybe they have like five or 10 employees and communication becomes for sure a big hot topic within teams and team building and understanding each other's communication style. What kind of tips can you bring into the conversation around that? Like, how do we get to know our team better and adapt our communication styles so that people work a bit better and more harmoniously together?
1: I think a great way to learn about each other and to build a cohesive team is to start by acknowledging that we don't know each other that well. We're going to get to know each other and let's be curious and interested in what everybody has to say and be active listeners so that everybody feels heard. And as we get to know each other, we will learn each other's communication styles. And if someone has a disagreement with us, that they can express it to us. And everybody here is going to be open to having a conversation, even if there's a disagreement. We may not be able to fix it, but we want you to have the opportunity to feel heard. If you give people the space to be themselves, you're going to have people that are going to be engaged and they feel like they belong. They're a part of something. And that's the key to building a positive team and being a good leader.
0: Mm -hmm. What's your personal opinion on like personality tests at work? Like, do you think those are helpful or effective? I know some companies use them when hiring, which I know is a little controversial, but can those be used as tools to better understand how somebody communicates?
1: I've heard mixed reviews about them. I've never used them personally. Some companies are very reliant on them and they find them super helpful. Other companies don't want to touch them. So I think it really depends on what you're comfortable with. It's not something that I have ever felt that I've needed because Mm -hmm. I would rather meet the person from where they are and Mm -hmm. have a conversation and get to know them that way, rather than put them in a category but I do know that there is value, even understanding yourself a little bit more and where you can maybe be a little bit weak or where you could try to figure out where you want to improve, that type of a thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that like conflict is like something personally I like to avoid. <laughs> and I know that's something probably resonant with a lot of our listeners and people in general. Not a lot of people love a good debate or tackling tricky topics or uncomfortable subjects especially within our own teams. I think that can be challenging as well. I've definitely, it's for me, been a muscle that I've had to kind of work over the years to build on it and still learning every time I have a difficult conversation, I'd say. So like, what are some ways that we can build up our confidence and feel a little bit more secure going into these conversations, talking about tricky things? Like, let's say you're having like an employee performance issue or employee said something hurtful to another employee like how does this all come back to that relationship protocol what would you suggest there
1: well so there are so many ways to handle these kinds of conversations but yes what the relationship protocol would help you to do is to look at how do you start the conversation what's the best way to initiate a difficult conversation whether it's about someone who said something hurtful or the performance And the best way to start a conversation is to state your intentions up front. So what do you want to accomplish? And also to think ahead of what are the takeaways that I want them to have and what's the purpose of the conversation. So now I have in my head, my intention is that I need to tell them that I'm serious about their behavior and how upsetting it was to the other employee. Or my intention is that I want to tell them that they're doing a great job. What's my intention? And what are the takeaways, one, two, or three takeaways, specific bullet points that you want them to walk away with? And then also one of the things that I always add is how do you want them to feel during the conversation? Do you want them to know that you're serious? Do you want them to, if you want them to be intimidated, then come on strong. But in general, what that does is it reminds us of how we want to show up that we want to show up in a confident way. So we want them to know we mean what we say, or we want them to know that this really matters to us or that they matter to us. So there is aspects to it where if you take a moment and you think ahead, you will have a much better outcome.
0: Yeah. I think those conversations are really challenging. And I, I love the idea of preparing for them for sure. Cause I think having some sort of like script and, and things you want to touch on and, and an intention for sure can set you up for success. Let's talk a little bit about like customer conversations. Cause I know that was like a suggested topic to, to talk about too. And I think that falls definitely into the realm of business. Cause I, a lot of the entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast are still managing their customer service inbox, which is a minefield, <laughs> quite frankly. I know personally, I used to get a lot of anxiety going into there. I don't manage it anymore, but just a lot of like challenging feedback, angry customers, late shipments, issues with products like what's a good technique and approach for dealing with, let's say a customer who, you know, is very upset about an order being delayed or maybe shipped the wrong item. Like how do you start to diffuse some of those situations where you get these customers who seem like they're, you're just not going to win with them. Like, is there a, can we apply the relationship protocol
1: to that as well? Sure. The key to good customer service is something that I call turning towards Think about any conversation that you have with someone who's upset with you. They want to know that you hear them. So when you turn towards someone, which is key element number two of the model, you are letting the person know that you value them. And a lot of times people run away from customer service because they take it personally or they don't know what to do because the person's upset or the person is difficult or challenging to deal with. But if you take a breath, and and listen, I don't like conflict either, by the way, (laughs) like in general, not my favorite thing. But if you take a breath and you think, I want them to know that I heard them, that I value them as a customer, and that I wrote down everything that they said, or I have it noted, and I will look into it, and I will get back to them. The key is to not turn away from the situation, which means you're avoiding it, ignoring it, or acting as if you have better things to do than talk to them. Let them know that in that moment, they are the most important person to you. You are there to solve the problem or at least to hear what they're complaining about and see if you can either apologize and make it better or apologize and acknowledge that this is unfortunately the best we can do right now. And what you choose to do for them, if you want to continue having a relationship with them or not, is is up to your company but connecting with their experience. And by the way, this applies in your personal relationships and in other work relationships as well. When someone is tuned out, they're turned away. And we need to remember that when we are turned away, we're not paying attention to the person that we're communicating with or that we're in a relationship with.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such an important point. And I think what you said earlier too about not reacting emotionally and like taking a pause (laughs) because I think a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs with customer relationships, like we're very personally connected to the brand and the product. So we can tend to take things very personally when it comes to, I remember like one customer, I used to get upset over customer returns. (laughs) Like I'd be like, oh my God, somebody hates the product. Like this is horrible. So I think it's, it's totally great feedback that we need to be really mindful in in hearing what they're saying too, because oftentimes I think that customer feedback, you know, is very valuable to develop our business. And like, there's oftentimes really great nuggets in that negative feedback that we can use to make our businesses, our processes, our products better. So I love that approach. So let's like flip over and talk about, for communication, I know you've talked a lot about your relationship protocol, but are there any sort of tools that you swear by outside of that or any apps that you personally use that you feel like are really helpful for managing conversations or managing relationships or teams that you would recommend to our audience? Hmm.
1: I think the main thing that I like are apps that are about mindfulness or something that gives you an opportunity to sit quietly. And whether it's a meditative type of an app or like a calm app to force you to sit with yourself and clear your head. Particularly when you are an entrepreneur, from the moment you start in the morning until you you know shut down for the night and usually the days are long, your brain is always moving. So anything that reminds you to come back to center, and honestly, I don't have a favorite one because I think you know I, I kind of check out all different ones and use different ones. But I think that when it's something that reminds you on a regular basis to stop and get grounded, that's the kind of app that whatever resonates with you, that's the type of app that I would highly recommend that people stick with on a regular basis.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use an app called Calm. I know there's a bunch of them in yeah. that space and out yeah. there. And the key, like you said, is actually using them. <laughs> it doesn't really matter which one. You can do yes. a, a YouTube meditation if you need or Google it or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's that practice. So that's a great suggestion. So what are you working on right now? Like how do people work with you? I know you've got some stuff online. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that?
1: I would love to. I have online programs for one for the workplace, and which could be for a small team or a large organization. And I also have a personal version of my course. It's the same course, but you know, different perspectives. It's called The Communication Protocol. And it's a short program and the transformation is amazing because it's based on learning the relationship protocol model and also how to apply it within your conversations and your relationships. Very effective to help improve meetings and create connections and customer service and all that good stuff. On my website, The Relationship Protocol, I also have some good downloads that could be helpful for your audience. They're complimentary downloads. One is for, it's called tell me what to say. And I address the three most common areas where people tend to avoid conversations. And I show you how you should have them or how you can have them. And the other is for businesses for building trust quickly and how to make that happen. I give you some suggestions there too. But in general, I'm focused primarily, I do um, business consulting and a lot of speaking engagements, happy to talk to organizations and companies. And everything I teach is actionable and practical and everybody can do it. There's nothing fancy here. So happy to, and I'm on LinkedIn. People can connect with me there and learn more. Awesome. Yeah, so
0: we'll link up to your website, therelationshipprotocol.com in the show notes and all the other links that you mentioned. So just to wrap up, we always ask, A few hot seat questions. So these are just like one or two word answers, the first thing that comes to your mind. So I'm going to pick a few of my favorites and ask you. So what's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine?
1: So I do a gratitude exercise in my morning routine. Love that. (laughs) What's your favorite business
0: book that you've ever read?
1: I love Atomic Habits by James Clear.
0: Yes, great book. What's your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now, either for business or pleasure?
1: Well, I love Farnoosh Tarabi. And so I love So Money, which now is part of CNET, And I was a guest on that podcast too.
0: Oh, no way. Oh, amazing. We'll have to dig up that episode and we'll put the link in the show notes as well. Yeah, that's a great podcast. And my last question is, if you could wear one outfit on repeat for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: It would have to include my favorite pair of jeans and just a comfortable, soft cotton top. (laughs) I'd be happy forever.
0: Classic. Very classic. Well, thank you so much, Deborah, for coming on. I really appreciate your time and you sharing the relationship communication protocol with us. I think you gave us a lot of actionable steps and a process to walk through these difficult conversations with. So where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? I know you mentioned you have LinkedIn, but are you on Instagram or Facebook? And maybe just give us your website again.
1: Sure. The website is therelationshipprotocol.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, Roberts, and on Instagram and Facebook under the Relationship Protocol. And I'm happy to connect with anyone that could use a little support or would like to know more about the programs or the free downloads. Um, It's a lot of good stuff going on. And I also have a book, The Relationship Protocol that's available on Amazon and you can get it off my website. There's a lot of good information on my site.
0: Yeah, definitely check out her site. It sounds like there's some great information there. And if you want to take it a step further, try out one of her courses. I know I'm definitely going to hop on over there because I could use a little practice (laughs) with my communication and resolving conflicts. But I found this conversation super valuable. So again, thanks for your time. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Me too. Thanks so much.